And it's good to be here. Uh, I wouldn't uh, debating whether or not I wanted to try to sing this song. I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm uh, under the weather, but it seems like my sinuses have been giving me a little trouble. But I want to try to sing this song this morning. Uh, there's a saying there in Belize. Most of the time when, when they say God is good, the crowd will say all the time. When you say all the time, they'll say God is good. Well, let's try that this morning. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Amen. Even in our weakest moments, God is good. When it seems like we're going through the struggles of this life, God is good. He's never failed me. Not once. I have failed Him multiple times throughout my life. If I can be uh, honest with you this morning, there's been times in my life that I have uh, treated Him uh, in a way that uh, is just disrespectful, to be honest with you. But He's always been willing to forgive He's always been willing to say that even when you uh, wasn't in a place that you could feel me, I was there with you. And I'm thankful for that this morning. So I heard this song back, I don't know, a couple, two or three months ago, or it may have been longer than that, but uh, boy, this song just speaks to me. And I hope that it speaks to you. There's songs that throughout the day that uh, I don't know how it is for you, but I'll get to singing it. And it stirs a great joy in my heart. And if anything this morning, if I can be anything to you this morning, I want to be an encouragement to you. I'm no singer, y'all know that, but I want you to listen to these words. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. 
in darkest night. You were close like no other. I have known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Because your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Because your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Because your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Because your goodness is running after. It's running after me. And all my life you have been faithful. If God's been faithful to you this morning, stand up. If he's been good to you all of your life, And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able. We'll see. Oh, the goodness of God. He's good. He's good to us. And He loves us. And He's been there every morning and every night. He's been there. God is good. All the time. Be seated this morning. If one of you young people could learn that song, God sure would appreciate it. It'd sound a whole lot prettier coming from y'all. But I'm thankful this morning for the goodness of God. I'm thankful that that part of that song, he says, I love your voice. You've led me through the fire. In darkest night. Oh, I tell you what. He said, I've, I've known you as a father. He said, I've known you as a friend. That speaks volumes to me. Not only has he been my father in troubling times, but he's been my friend. And that's what God wants to be to you today. He wants to be your friend. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. 
He really is. Anything on your heart this morning? I'll try not to be too lengthy. <coughs> I have just a few thoughts. I want to say, once again publicly, how much, uh, church, we've been blessed with good deacons. Uh, we've been blessed with good preachers. Uh, Brother Mike was there at that mission and preached his heart out and done a wonderful job. He preached on the way. And Jesus is the way. Brother Mike Collins, uh, being able to see him in action, and uh, he works tirelessly to help those people. And he does a good job. He had a good staff. Sister Donna, Sister Carrie, Sister Malia, I'm going to leave some people out, but it was good to see them working, not only spiritual things, but physical things. They went to, I want to say this. I went to Belize because I felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to do. But I went because I thought that I was going to help those people. And do you know what ended up happening? They helped me. Does that make sense? I went there to help them. And in turn, they helped me. I'm thankful this morning, once again, as I said, for the prayers. I uh, had a thought while I was down there. I have preached along these lines several times, and I, I guess you could say that I kindly, uh, maybe, I don't want to say I questioned the Lord, but I pondered on them for a little while because I thought, well, Lord, I've talked about these things different times, and it seems like maybe that uh, we'd get the point, but uh, I feel like I need to try to preach on this subject once again. As I was sitting there, the Lord gave us a thought, uh, I guess you could say I don't want to title this sermon, but the thought is, is I want it my way. And a lot of times, uh, amongst uh, even our people, uh, we have the mentality that uh, I want it my way. And I want it when I want it. And I want you to know this morning that that thought process will not work. It's got to be the way God wants it. And it's got to be when God wants it. Uh, we've got to be patient. And we've got to wait on the Lord. And I've tried to talk about patience for a little while, but uh, a lot of times we get this mentality that uh, I want it my way, and if I don't get it my way, uh, then I just don't want any part of it. But that's not God's way. And if we'll be mindful to follow the Spirit of God and to do as He leads us, because a lot of times I realize that you might look at a pastor and say, well, he knows the direction he knows the way to go. Uh, we need a leader. Uh, but I want to say this morning that if you're a part of the Lord's church, we've got a leader. And His name is Jesus Christ. And He said, I am the truth, the way, and the light. Uh, He's the one that knows the way. He's the one that points us in the direction that we need to go. And this morning, ultimately, uh, He is the head of the church. 
Uh, He's the one that's pointing us and directing us. He's steering this ship. He's the captain of our salvation. So this morning, as I began to ponder on some of these things, I was thinking about a wall. And back a few years ago, or back, I don't know, not long after I come here, I preached out of Nehemiah, and I said, we'll get to the rest of this story later on. Well, it's later on. So, we're going to try to touch on some of those things here in a minute. When I was thinking about, uh, I want it my way, uh, We have to be mindful of God's way. We have to be mindful of uh, the betterment of the church and the direction that God wants it to go. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about building a wall. But I have uh, built several fences in my life. And I suppose part of it's relatable. Before I get over into Nehemiah, I want to read a portion of Scripture from Proverbs in the 24th chapter. And do pray for me this morning. I need the Lord's help. Proverbs in the 24th chapter. Starting in the 27th verse. Prepare thy work without, and make it fit for thyself within the field. And afterwards build thine house. Be not a witness against thy neighbor without a cause, and and deceive not not with thine lips. Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to a man according to his work. I went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and with needles, and had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. And I want to stop there for just a moment. Here we get this uh, picture uh, in Proverbs that we're reading about, about a man that's slothful. And I believe as Solomon, uh, I don't know whether or not uh, that he in reality experienced these things. Uh, But it's not uncommon for us to drive up and down the road and to see overgrown fences. uh, Especially in the part of the country that I live in. Uh, there's a, a Jessica we was just talking about on the way to church this morning. A man had went through and cleared his fence row. It was all grown up. There was trees and, and briars and thistles in it everywhere. And uh, she said, boy, that looks so much better. Uh, you can see the house and no doubt they can get a view and look out. And, and I told you before I started this morning, I don't know a whole lot about building a wall. But I have done a little fencing. And uh, there's one thing this morning that uh, I guess you could say is my pet peeve above a lot of other things is having an overgrown fence row. I run electric fences through my farm and have barbed wire. 
and I cannot stand uh, for thorns and thistles and, and little shrubs and stuff like that to grow up. So I try to keep those things sprayed and cleaned and I try to keep my fence in good work and order. As we was uh, on our trip in Belize, uh, uh, some maybe 2,000 miles away, uh, Jessica called me one morning and uh, she was frustrated. She said, uh, the cows is getting out, they're going everywhere. And I said, honey, I'm 2,000 miles away. I can't help you. I don't know what to tell you. Come to find out, I get home, I've got two little old porcelain insulators that's broke on my fence. They never did uh, jump the perimeter fence, but uh, it doesn't take very much uh, for a fence to get out of working order. But the most important thing of fence construction that I can tell you a little bit about is the corner. Now, a good fence starts in the corner. And if the corner uh, isn't any count, if the posts are weak, if the tension on it isn't just right, uh, you're going to have a weak fence. And anything that wants to get through can get through. Uh, cattle can get out or whatever it is that you're trying to hold in, they'll get out. Your fence will be weak. Anything that wants to try to get in, it won't take a whole lot of pressure for them to get in. So the process of fence building, uh, for any of you that may know a little bit about it, starts in the corners. You dig your holes and you set your post right. Now you can't just set it on any kind of foundation. You want to go deep with your post. So it's got a good foundation. You take your, uh, uh, you take your brace post and you put them in. And a lot of times, uh, the way I grew up doing it, I'll take a strand from one top to the bottom post and then I'll take me, uh, um, some kind of rod or some kind of stick and I'll begin to twist that wire. And as you twist that wire, it draws that post together and it causes tension in it. So then you can take your strands of wire and you can pull it off the corner post. Now I'm not talking about short spans of wire. I'm talking about you can stretch wire three or four thousand feet. That's a long way. What am I saying trying to make the point here? Your corners of your fence are what's important. But if you sit back and become slothful and, and saying, well, uh, somebody else will mend these fences, this fence will be taken care of. I'm going to sit back and do what I want to do. It doesn't take very long for a fence to get grown up, does it? As this man was slothful, he said, I went by the field of the slothful and the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and needles and covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. <coughs> now this man, this slothful man, he had... Uh, no uh, interest and desire to go out and try to build the wall up. He just sat back and said, well, uh, the cause is lost. There's nothing that I can really do. This uh, wall has grown up with thorns. Listen, it takes work. It takes a process of getting out and getting in the briars and getting in the thorns and the thistles. It takes a process of getting out and clearing the wall. It takes a process of building up that which is broken down. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes us being willing this morning to do what God has asked us to do. If we just sit back and become slothful in our business, if we sleep and we slumber, our, our wall will be destroyed. It will decay. It will break down. This morning I hope and I pray that we don't find ourselves in that way. I hope that we don't sit back and say to ourselves, I want it my way. 
we look at the world that's around us. And we look at the Lord's church. That it's a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. That we don't let our light shine. But my friend, I want you to know today, any city, any kingdom needs to be fortified. And it needs to have protection. And this morning, the Lord Jesus, He is that foundation. He is that protection. But my friend, this morning, as God's people, He's called us out to build a wall. What are you doing to help build the wall this morning? I'm not asking you to publicly give me an answer. But I'm asking you this morning, where's your heart? What are you doing to help build the wall? Are you one that's up bending down to help your brother pick up another stone and place it in the wall? Or are you sitting back letting somebody else do it? I had the opportunity, as I said before, and you say, Brother, you've talked about Belize all morning. I can't help it. It's settled in my heart. Listen, I've seen some things down there. I experienced some things down there. It changed my life. It did. You know what those people do when they get together? They're not there to put on no show for nobody. There was things down there that was different than anything I'd ever experienced. They had a little feller sitting back here in the back seat, and he tapped a little old drum thing. I don't even know what you call it. Those people, those young people got up every night and they sang. Listen, if you're in a hurry to preach, you might as well sit down because they sang. I bet they'd sing 30 songs a night. You say, was the Spirit in it? Yeah, you better believe the Spirit of God was in it. Was they in any hurry? They didn't have nothing else to do, people. That's the only place in the whole community that had lights. What else did they have to do? They went to church. And they didn't just go there to fill the seat. They went to worship God. And they sang praises and they sang songs. You know, you say you ain't made it to Nehemiah yet. I ain't got there. When I first come here, that song I just sang to you, the goodness of God. I didn't start listening to the contemporary gospel music to a few years ago. My wife introduced me to it. When I first heard one of the songs, she said, you need to listen to this. I said, oh no, that, I don't know about all that. How in the world can somebody like me that loves bluegrass gospel and love contemporary gospel all at the same time? It works, people. Because the Spirit of God is in it. There's no truer song that I've ever sang. Let me tell you about the goodness of God. He's good. These young people would get up and sing contemporary songs and God was in it. People didn't just sit back and say, man, I can't believe they're singing that. Listen, God was in it. Let the young people sing what moves them. Encourage them. Let them sing what fills their heart. 
I ain't making a lick of sense now. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians in the third chapter, he says, Paul says, I'm paraphrasing this, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. What does that word liberty mean? It means there's freedom. That you come into the Lord's house and I'm not worried about what this and thinks about me. Listen, I've been there before, I'm telling you. I've sat back and I thought, well, I, this one over here has got his ears covered and got his hand between, got his head between his legs, or this one's thinking that, or that one's thinking that. And I'll tell you, I've let the fear and favor of man affect my preaching. I have. Don't worry about what people think about you. When the Spirit of God moves, you move. Don't worry that, listen, I can't sing a tune in a bucket, but I want to tell people about the goodness of God. I want them to know how good God is. I want to know, I want them to know how He's changed my life. I want to sing about His goodness. <coughs> Let me ask you something this morning. What kind of shape do you see our walls in? I want you to be honest with yourself this morning. Is our wall as fortified as you think it needs to be? Do we need more mortar? Do we need more stone? When Ezra... When you look back there in the fifth chapter, I believe it's the third chapter in Ezra, it talks about how that they went back to start working on the temple. And as they started to go back to work on the temple, it says that they were uh, uh, joined together as one man. And what that means is, is they were unified as one. And when they went to go work, the Bible basically talks about how that uh, the older ones that had seen the former glory of the temple, that they weep. And that the younger ones rejoiced and shouted. They weeped. Listen. Yesterday's gone. There's a lot of times I want to look back at the former glory days and the way things used to be. But you know what? Jesus Christ hadn't returned yet, has He? We've still got time and we've still got opportunity today to worship Him and praise Him like it's the last opportunity that we've got and if this was the last opportunity that you had today to worship him and praise him what would you do with it what would you do would you stand up and say thank you God for saving me would you tell somebody in your family about the goodness of God what would you do or would you sit back and weep because you remembered the former glory days and how things used to be those young people, they were rejoicing. They were shouting as they began to lay the foundation and began work on the temple. They were shouting. They were encouraged. Listen, if we're going to do anything today, we need to encourage our young people. We need to encourage our young people today. Times are trying. Times are hard. And they need to be encouraged. To get to work for God. I'm going to tell you today, 
one of the greatest blessings that I've ever had in my life is serving the Lord. I want to read just a few things. I'll be done. Nehemiah, he was a he was a cupbearer. Had no formal training at building a wall that I know of. But he had a desire. He had heard how the wall was torn down. He'd heard how the gates were destroyed with fire. And that began to settle in his heart. He said, Lord, I've got needs to do something about it. He said, not only am I going to hear about it, but he said, I've got needs to do something about it. And listen, we can sit around and be hearers of God's Word all day long, but we need to be doers of God's Word. We need to be encouraging. We need to be involved. We need to be a help to those that are around us. We need to be involved in every aspect of the Lord's church that we can be. He had a desire. There was a prayer upon his heart. Any time that you're going to try to work for God, don't be surprised if you find opposition. But I love what Romans 8 says. And I've had to stand upon these things. He said, if God be for you, who can be against you? This morning, stand upon those principles. If you're a child of the King and God be for you, who can be against you? Stand on those principles that God has instilled in your heart and have faith in those things that God can move the mountains in your life. So if God be for you, who can be against you? Now he had opposition, didn't he? You realize there was people making fun of him? The Samaritans that were around, I believe his name was Sambalot, he said, well, if a fox climbed that wall, he said, he'll tear it down. What, what kind of, you realize the kind of wall that they were building? The best that I can tell was about going back and rebuilding and repairing was about two and a half miles long, approximately 40 foot high and eight foot wide. Folks, that's a big wall. I'm not talking about some kind of little retaining wall here. I'm talking about a big wall, and he knew that they were going to need protection. Listen, in the fourth chapter, (coughs) he says, and I'm going to skip around here some, In the fourth verse, he says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey unto the land of captivity. And it says, Cover not their iniquity, 
And let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together into the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Now they had a mind to work. They didn't work separately or independently of one another, but they had a mind to work together to accomplish a goal. And the goal today is, is the advancement of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That we might go out and tell people about what He's done for us. And that if that means getting myself out of the way and getting my own opinions and my own desires out of the way for the advancement of the kingdom of God, that's what I want. Now he said they had a mind to work. And eighth verse says, And they conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and him and, and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Now, that was kind of where I wanted to go with this this morning. But he said, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. That ought to be the first and foremost thing as the children of God that we do is we make our prayer unto God. He maketh uh, intercession for us. He hears us. And listen to me, uh, uh, church, I'm not talking about that we merely come to church on Sunday morning and that's your one time a week that you pray. But my friend, you need a prayer life and you need a relationship with God. You need to get down in a place that you talk to Him intently. And have listen, not only is He a Father to you, but He's a friend to you. And He talks to you throughout the day. And you hear His voice. And you know His voice. Do you have that kind of relationship? If you don't, you can't have it. Is He directing your life? You know, God doesn't always answer on Casey Cole's time. Maybe He does yours. He don't mind. I've been praying the same prayer for, I don't know, last year and a half. God's not answered that prayer yet. Now let me ask you something. Does that mean God's not faithful? I still got up on my two feet this morning. I'm still breathing air. I'm breathing without even thinking about it. God is still good to me. And He'll answer it when He gets ready to. You know what all I've got to do is sit back and say, God, you take the range. You've got this. You drive it, God. You've got it. How many times do we give something to God and then turn right around and say, Lord, I'm not ready to give it to you yet. And we take it back. And then we say, Lord, you take this. And then we take it back. When you give something to Him, you lay it at His feet and say, God, I know you've got this. I'm going to leave it at your feet. See, that's the place that we've got to get to. He said, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch. Now, you can read about in Jeremiah, you can read about in Ezekiel, different places in the Scripture where they were called to be watchmen. 
lot of people always say, well, that's the preacher's job to be watchmen. Well, yes, to some extent. But all of us are called to be watchmen. Every single one of us. We make our prayer unto God, and then we watch. Watch for what? Do you know when Satan wants to attack the most? is when you're comfortable and you think everything is going just as smooth and good as possible. That's when he wants to attack. And do you know what he desires to do? To seek and destroy and devour everything. Well, it'd tickle him nothing more than to destroy one of the Lord's churches. It would. People don't like hearing that, but it's the truth. I don't know how more blunt to be with you. He desires to seek and to devour and destroy. And do you know what tools he implements to do that? Us. So we must be constant in prayer. Pray without ceasing. He said, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burden is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build a wall. And our adversaries said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and the cause of the work to cease. Satan wants the work to cease. Church, I don't know if I can make it. I want to read one more verse for you. 17th verse. And it says, They build it on the wall, and they that bear burdens, and those that laden, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders and every one, and his sword girded by his side, so they build it. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. They were ready to defend. We're building a wall. You ever heard that song, A Wall of Prayer? Let me ask you something. If your brother drops his stone, will you bend down to help him pick it up to place it in the wall? Church, we're here to help each other. We're all trying to make it home, ain't we? When your brother's hurting and he needs you, reach down and pick the stone up. There's too much at stake. There's lost ones in our families that's dying and going to hell every day. Hell's enlarging itself. It's getting bigger and bigger. And do you know what the most important thing is of the gospel message? Is that they might hear the good news. Jesus said He come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's what He came to do. 
And we're still telling people about Jesus. So listen to me this morning. The little bitty things. I don't mean to, I don't know the right way to word it. But I don't want to get hung up on the little bitty thing. I'm concerned about the big thing this morning. That's the Lord Jesus, and that's His work. Lost people need to be saved. Are we joined together as one? Are we You know what I always try to think about? I always try to pray, Lord, would you unify us more than we already are? You reckon that's possible? I want to, I'm, I'm going to say this. This is going to seem a little different to you this morning. That'd be all right. We've all got our seats that we sit in every Sunday, don't we? Is there anybody in this church that you've never talked to? I mean, I'm being real with you. Let me be real with you. Y'all be real with me. Is there somebody in this church that you've never really spoke to? I want to encourage you next Sunday, today, whenever, to take the time to get to know them. Don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone and remove seats. Don't be afraid to get to know people. I mean, intently. Don't you suppose that if we're a body of one, that even though Christ is the head, I still know my own fingers, don't I? I still know my toes. I mean, it's my body. I ought to know them. Even though I'm getting to a place that I can't see my toes hardly anymore. But I still know my toes. They're mine. So church, I'm telling you today, I may not know your name. I love you. I want to get to know you better. What are we doing to build the wall today? Is our mentality, I want it my way? Or is my mentality, Lord, I want it your way? What's our mentality? Sister, if you'll get us a song. Get us a